It's date night, and roughly 21 million people are going out. That's millions of people who could use a ride with Uber. Great for Daniel, who wants to earn a little extra for date nights of his own. He's already put in a shift at the shop this morning, and he'll spend the evening making trips with Uber, and then book a reservation at that new place in Hayes Valley. With Uber, Daniel can call the shots. He'll cash out his earnings with instant pay. Maybe he'll even make a little extra to book a sitter, too. Sign up with Uber and start earning towards the stuff you love. Visit uber.com slash drive now. That's U-B-E-R dot com slash drive now. Blog Talk Radio. A podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Well, hello. This was a fun experience starting this show. We learn new things every time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We we are we are coming to you from the past. This is a pre recorded show. <laughs> but we no. I I was running late this morning and so we had to prompt the show differently than we normally do using the the blog talk radio system and I wasn't sure that it was gonna work. <laughs> but it did. And here and we are. are. Yes. Yes. That that one more thing we have under the uh, proverbial belt, so to speak. Right. All right. Well, since we can't really do our standard check-in because, of course, we're going to be in the future talking from the past, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> if you can follow that, you're doing good. And so we're just going to shoot right into what we have, which is protection magic. Yes. Okay. So what is protection magic? Any thoughts on it? Um, sure. <laughs> I put her on the spot. Uh, well, you know, protection magic is kind of twofold, I guess. It's like one is um, just having defenses set up so uh-huh. that you don't have to worry about um, anyone throwing shade your way. Right. Right. And then the other side of it is when you do find yourself in a situation where you might need some protection, then doing some things to help guard yourself or shed anything that may have been sent your way. So it's kind of twofold. I guess, you know, I'm thinking reversing work or, mm-hmm. or uncrossing work, or like mm-hmm. clearing off what's been sent to you is not right. necessarily protection magic, and yet it is. Yeah, because you have to cleanse. you got to right. get off the stuff. Well, and I think, you know, no matter what, with protection magic, you have to do a cleanse first. Mm-hmm. Even if you haven't been hit by something or you're not worried about being crossed up or whatever, mm-hmm. it's still a good idea to be clean. It's like, you know, making dinner. You don't want to put your food on a plate that you haven't cleaned first. Right, or worked with preparing food with hands that you just were hanging out in the garden with. Right. Yeah. Ick. Yeah, so very good. That is definitely a feeling of, you know, what you need to do. And it's interesting because, as we have said, we do have um, and have worked with the hoodoo community, And um, having been our own training, being in the witchcraft traditions, it's interesting that 
I don't think I really remember hearing a lot about uncrossing or crossing right. Right. in the witchcraft tradition. Yeah, because it's not really called that. Right, but it is. There is a there is there is that. It just isn't called right. that. Right. I think. I think from a hoodoo perspective, the word is crossed, right. crossing, and from a witchcraft perspective, the word is cursed. Right. Right? Right. And depending on your your thread of witchcraft, you don't curse. Right. So there's also that. You know, there are witches who have no qualms about doing cursing work right. and, or magic, and there are witches who, that is the antithesis, or is that the right word, of being a witch. That right. Is, that is everything that witchcraft should not be. Right. You know, so I think that's where it gets a little muddy uh-huh. from a witchcraft perspective. Right. Which brings me to a thought. I think we've discussed this before. I think there will be a show down the road about um, the dark arts. Mm-hmm. I think that is, you know, we may not, neither Phoenix nor I may actually practice the dark arts in the, you know, intense manners, you know, that we have other people that we know do, but it's always important to know things about it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, sidebar, but part of what we're talking about, because protection, you're protecting yourself against something, someone, or trying to stay protected. Right. And um, we could actually, you know, jargon off and say, and this day and age, we got a lot to do that with. Right. But, and that's just walking outside our door. Well, and that's part of it. And that's what I say to my students and, and clients all the time when it comes to cleansing, because I do feel like cleansing is part of protection work, right? Like, I, you know, I've already said I will, I will harp on that this whole show. <laughs> but it's, um, you pick up crap all over the place uh-huh. we you cut someone off in traffic and they flip you off you piss off a co-worker you just because someone isn't intentionally doing witchcraft or spells against you uh-huh. does not mean you're not collecting slings and arrows all day right. long right you know that's just part of being in the world we collect this sludge and it gets stuck in our energy fields right. and and after enough time of that it, it builds up, mm-hmm. and if you're not doing something to regularly wash that, just like you would wash your hair or take a bath, you right? Know, it collects, and it can start to cause illness. It can start to cause issues with your finances. It can start mm-hmm. to cause issues in your love life. Mm-hmm. So if you're noticing all of a sudden, you know, I don't, I know, I no one's doing black magic against me, or and I don't like to use the term black magic to refer to cursing work, but I just mm-hmm. slipped and said that, so I just want to take that back for a second. The left-hand magic or cursing work or the dark arts or whatever, um, you know that's not happening, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden everything's going sideways in your life. Well, maybe you've just collected enough road dust, you know, <laughs> and you yeah. need to do something to shake that off. Right. So, obviously, when we talk about protection, the first thing we look at is the cleansing process. That is, you know, when you're going for protection, do you cleanse on a regular basis right. your energy fields? Do right. you cleanse your house? Do you cleanse your car? Um, it doesn't have to be a huge ritual, obviously, and we've done, I think we did a show on cleansing. Yes, yes. I think that is Okay. Fair. So, obviously, the preliminaries is, number one, do this as a regular yeah. Part of your life, right? Because that helps with the protection against the things, as Phoenix has said, the daily life stuff. I mean, I tell people, well, just think of it as that we go out and we walk around in the world and um, we get dirt on us. We get dirt just by virtue of the environment, the dust coming from one place or another. Yep. And we come home and either, you know, we take a bath or we take a shower. Right. You know, we do that to clean off that real-world physical stuff that has gotten on us. And if we take that and take it to the spiritual side, energy, the same thing. Right. Absolutely. So I totally agree with that as being, like, the number one thing to deal with protection is that part of it. Right. And then, of course, there's different kinds of protection that you can do. It was interesting. um, One of the foremost people in... The older versions is Dion Fortune mm-hmm. and her psychic self-defense, and that's an awesome book. It is. It's a. It's short, and the, you know the language is a little bit old-fashioned because right. it was written in what the fifties, forties, forties, something 50s like that. In there. 
so the language is a little old-fashioned, but it, anyone who's practicing any type of occult thing, witchcraft, mm-hmm. paganism, whatever, right? This is a must-have book for your bookshelf, right? And as and it is short, so I mean, it is a small book. It's yeah. not like you have to ponder through, no. you know. It's easy. Yeah, but I and it was funny too because I was sitting here going along reading the things, and I kept going, "I'm missing one of the books. I'm missing one, one of like because it's." You, it's part of you after a while. You forget that that's the book that you took this thing from or that thing from. Right. But um, it was fascinating because I realized, oh, my goodness, yes, Dion Fortune, my gosh, mm-hmm. like our primer. But, um, yeah, it's a really good book. I should reread that book. I know. I, I saw the same thing. I thought, oh, you know, same. really sort of makes you really need to go back and see. And as Phoenix said, it is stilted. It is a stilted language, just like if we were talking about um, Blavatsky and some of the others of that time frame. It's not like reading her sea pre- the unfortunate sea priestess, which is a storybook. It's it's got her own. Right. You know, it it has a different kind of language. But when you get into the magical aspects, there was a definite way people taught wrote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a little bit. It's a little, it's a little bit different. <laughs> So, and, you know, when we think of protection, I mean, obviously we protect our houses, you know, like we have locks on the doors and we have fences around. Now, I have to jump aside is that some places don't do that, still have a more open field philosophy. When I was in Hawaii and training, for the most part, the older areas, yeah, there were no fences there were no structures between one home and another in whatever little neighborhood because they were all part of this tribal thing. And, of course, we they always had chickens and roosters running around. And so roosters don't just crow in the morning when no. the sun comes up. True. I remember hearing it at 1 in the morning, and I'm like, what, what, you know. Right. Of course, because they're running around, they're right under your window. But um, – in a more traditional way of what we are used to, we you know we have that we have locks, we have door jams, we have things that make it protect our home, protect our property, protect our car. Right. So it is the same thing with setting up a baseline after you cleanse, kept yep. your energy. Then I think you go to something that you just normally have with you or yeah. you put around you. Yeah. So do you have any ideas that you want to share in terms of that particular idea? Well, my favorite thing that I personally do is work with jewelry. Uh-huh. Because most of us wear jewelry in some way, shape, or form, even if it's something simple or, you know, it doesn't have to be some huge, ostentatious hunk of obsidian around your neck or, it's, you know, a giant crucifix or something. It can be something very quiet and mm-hmm. modest and simple that mm-hmm. may not even be noticed. Right. You know, and so it's it, it's making a, a regular piece of jewelry into a talisman or an amulet. It's mm-hmm. charging that with protection mm-hmm. magic. It's doing a ritual or a spell with that piece of jewelry, mm-hmm. anointing it with oils that are in alignment with protection, mm-hmm. using the full moon to fully charge it with protection energy. Mm-hmm. And then, and and, and it's like... I've been using this analogy a lot lately. It's like a battery. It gets charged up, and you put it on, and it keeps – It's when I put on my magical jewelry in the morning, and I do this virtually every day. Sometimes I forget, but virtually every day. I kind of feel like um, a, a slick little force field goes on around me when mm-hmm. I'm putting it on, and I put it on with intention. I don't just mm-hmm. put on the ring or the necklace or the right. things or whatever. I put it on with intention and right. feel that it's like a slickness. I can't really use a better word than that. But after a while, that slickness, it's not quite as solid, it's not quite as strong, and I have to do that ritual again. The Mm -hmm. battery gets worn down and you Mm -hmm. have to do it again. Protection Mm -hmm. magic isn't something that you do once and you're done for the rest of your life. Right. It's ongoing. So jewelry is probably my favorite, and it's (laughs) something I suggest to people all the time. Right. Because it's also easy. I I like magic that's easy. Well, we live in a world where right, we have to get to work. We have to get to our kids. We have deadlines of some sort that take us outside of our magical environment that we have, our little altars and things. And so it is important to have things that are simple and strong and, yeah. you know, that, that 
kind of a process. You know, the other things that we might want to do if we're feeling a little bit more like something has been hitting our fields a lot, right. then we can go into a more fully blown you know, ritual and process of putting up something even more intense. It's, it's fascinating because every every day, I want to say every day in every way, <laughs> but um, I basically have certain things that I say that it's like I see it as, now, this is where I love the fact that we have computer graphics now and we can discuss things in that terms. It's like taking the button and pushing it on one of the, the um, superhero suits, and you see this whole thing kind of spoon out and, and, and sort of get lighted. I do that with regards to my home. I do that with regards to the car I travel in. Mm-hmm. I do that with myself, and I do it with my family and loved ones and friends. It's kind of a, a morning ritual I do every day. And as Phoenix says, I have certain pieces, too, that I put on and they make that, that's almost like that is the second part. That's the physical world element versus the spiritual energy area. I believe in both. I believe both are strong. Yeah. But I also like the idea of that duality. Yeah. Uh, And I think the duality is important, especially if you are someone who is leans more one way than the other. If you're a little bit more woo and, and you don't need to have something tangible, having something tangible can really help solidify it. And if you are someone that needs something really tangible, that will give you an anchor and the woo part of it kind of helps you lift up to that higher elevation right. that sometimes is not easy to get to as a more grounded person. Right, you know? right, so. right. And it's fascinating because um, they talk about neutralizing, neutralizing the harm, neutralizing the energies, which we'll probably talk a little bit about on the second half because that's working with binding and that's working with different kinds of of, um, potential areas and that, reversings and stuff. Um, But it's, I like the idea of simple and easy. Um, Obviously, we put talismans in our, you know, all around, our car, our house, you know, wherever. it's It becomes part of what we do because in this world, not only do we carry ourselves as what we are, pagans, witches, voodoo practitioners, whatever, that are outside the normal structured traditions that, yeah. you know, we have tendencies to meet people who aren't as open-minded, and uh, but there is also just the energy of what's going on. I mean, quite frankly, we have a thing on our that's an app that they, they you, you can get into, and it's called Nixel. If you don't know what that is, that's fine. It just seems to have it dings whenever there's something going on in the area that you're in, instead of like the sheriff's department letting you know. Fascinating how often that comes up and where you're told not to go in evacuations. And this was done, I did this because of the fires, because it actually was very good for what was going on because of the heightened state of emergency. Now it's still there just because. And so I have this other part of me going, oh, my, what's going on? So you're always made aware of the dangers. Yeah. And I think that's another reason why the protection and the shielding and the things is important, because Mm -hmm. even if you're not in the area, you're getting bombarded by that energy. Right. And you said something interesting there with the word shielding, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. that is a word that's used in witchcraft a lot more yes. than protection. Yes. Shields and wards. Yes. Right? Is this concept that it's just interesting, the different phraseology. You know, the more you learn about different spiritual traditions, the more you realize that actually we're all doing the same shit. We're just calling it different things. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So warding and shielding are definitely, you know, the warding is, is the protections you set up in a space, and the shielding is the protections you set up for yourself. Mm-hmm. And there's actually a technique, and I learned this from, from T. Thorne Coyle. I think it's in one of her books. Mm-hmm but I took a workshop with her where we did this practice. You actually create a shield on in the astral or through a guided meditation uh-huh. or a trance, however you look at that uh-huh. work. But you go into a meditation and you create a shield for yourself. And maybe it's thick, heavy wood, maybe it's metal, maybe it's some mystical force, maybe 
whatever. But uh-huh. you you build it, you create it, you paint it, you put designs on it, and when you need to, you just pull that shield out and you set it in front of you. Or if you're smart, you make two of them and you put one in front of you and one behind you, right? Uh-huh. But you can, like dragon wings, you can pull them out at any point and, like, there right. we go, there's my shield, it's right. up. When you're going into a situation where you're nervous, if you're going into a, a getting a write-up at work, when you're going into a conversation with a beloved that's going to be challenging, uh-huh. you just put those shields up so that you're not getting hit with things uh-huh. and you can still hear and process and be present. And that is the key that I want that jumped right into another part, is that when you are engaged in something with another person, a yeah. situation or a person, you are already in a reactive state. Mm-hmm. Because you're on the edge of what is we have is fear. Yeah. So you want to go into response rather than reactive. So if you put up shields, you put up the energy pattern, you stay in that space, then what you're going to be able to do better, right. say 100%, but right. better, is that you will respond to the circumstances that are happening yeah. rather than react. react. And yeah. since we all know that we will say things, we will open our mouths, and the stuff that comes out, then we want to just find a way that we could just sort of reel it in or run the, the film backward, right. it doesn't work. So this allows us to have that space so we have more ability to avoid that. Right. <laughs> you know, as a, as a immediate response. Yeah. And I mean, and this is also psychological, like this is, you know, then that's another thing that I always am fascinated with is how much psychology and witchcraft and magic Uh flow and swirl and bright work together. But if you are in a a situation where, for lack of a better word, being triggered, Uh I I find myself triggered by the word trigger because it's used so much. It's overused. It's one of those buzzwords right now, but... (laughs) If you're already there, right. it's too late. Yep. It's too late. Yep. So, and we're all human. You may be able to bring yourself back through and take, you know, pause, take a moment, put your shield up, but it's most likely it's it's already too late. So yeah. it's better to, and we're, there are always going to be situations where we're blindsided yeah. and we get hit and we don't expect it. And then it's, you know, whatever. Now you cleanse and move on and. Pick yourself up. up. Yeah. But if you can, set these parameters up for yourself before you go into potentially tricky situations. Exactly. More the better. Yes, because the we're talking about everyday experiences because that's what we spend most of our lives in is everyday experience. Yes. Okay, if we're going to do a ritual. Um, If we lived totally in the world of the concept of doing magic and we didn't go out of it and we didn't associate with, you know, the common folk, so to speak, Mm -hmm. we would definitely be, you know, doing the spells and, you know, the potions and all the things that we uh, obviously still do but don't do in such excess because of our daily lives. And I think that it's important, it's really important to to do that. It's also important to <laughs> avoid hysteria and fear. I mean, that will take on, yeah. like, massive proportions. I think for most of the clients that I have dealt with, the first thing I have to do is I call it talking them off the ledge. Right. Because usually by the time they do come to us, most of the time, it's an intense experience that has driven them to the situation. Yeah. So, you know, we're already doing that. But for yourselves, normally, we just, we, we work ourselves into this thing. So we have to, you know, talk ourselves off of the ledge and be able to get more um, balanced, find something that will bring us back. So, you know, that's why... I have little things that I suggest, and I do them right. for myself to key the the energies in. So we do do that because we do get wound up, and it it can um, it's like a top. You know, you notice how it it goes spinning, 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 and yep. starts to wobble. And and I know that that's how our energies go. So we have to you know yeah. be able to find the basis. And the reality is, you're not. You're probably not cursed. Yeah, you probably aren't. You probably don't have someone actively doing negative work against you. Mm-hmm. Does, does this happen? Sure. Yeah. Is it likely? No. Like for someone to take the time 
to do witchcraft to actively work against another person. Uh-huh. There's, it's not like it's it's unlikely that someone's going to be like, eh, I don't know, I'm just going to curse this person today because I got nothing better to do. You know, it's unlikely. And it's usually when people are working, it's again charge situations, and. I want this, and the person took it away from me. Right. Whatever it is. It could be a promotion. It could be a man. It could be a child. It could be, you know, anything. You know, my favorite toy, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then you really go hog wild. Then you start playing with the with that aspect. And most of the time, people don't have the time to do this. And most of them don't go out of their way to hire people either right because there's got to be a lot of anger or venom or hatred it's got to be a really charged situation so you know is that possible sure yeah but there's got to be some real strong circumstances for it you've got to you're going to know if you if someone hates you that much Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and maybe you maybe you don't but it's so rare most of the time the curses that we carry are self-inflicted, right. or it's like the road dust. Yeah, it's just buildup stuff we've collected over yeah. the days. And yes, I'm going to say that there are. Okay, let's let's sort of take a step aside from that. I will say yes, there are, for lack of a better words, family curses sure. or, or you know generational. And the reason why I'm saying that is in times past, people were more. Uh, primitive on the way they handled their world. Yeah. And that's good and bad. And so, you know, you go out and you don't like what so-and-so did, you go chop their hand off or you go, you, you, re- you react in such a violent, aggressive way. Right. So I can accept the fact that there is that, but they might not even have done it as a ritual. They will probably be more likely that they had a lot of energy because yeah. you did this and this, and over the time frame it generated and generated, and that's where you get that energy coming down. Right. So I tend to think more of that than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but it's, and I could see that. I mean, in my own life, I can see where there's things that my grandmother, you know, on my father's side, probably set into motion in a lot of ways and things that happen. But when you come from the from the old country, you come with your superstitions, your yeah. beliefs, you know, all the things that go with that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we just upgrade now to versions that aren't, we, we, de- we, we loosen the bonds that it has. Right. So... Um, do you have anything to add? I don't know where our... No, I'm, I'm thinking we should probably take a break. Okay. And then we can talk about other stuff. Oh, that'll be good. Okay. Okay. We'll be back. You're listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Condrum and Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, and The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron, with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7, all time specific, at 3 hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I am back with Phoenix. At the moment, Phoenix is quieter than normal. And uh, <clears throat> so I will just make a few babbles here, babble, babble, and uh, talk about the idea of... I was peeing, everybody. I'll no. fully admit it. I was... See, there you are. She's human. Oh, my God. No, Phoenix, okay. you're human. I will always say the thing that is inappropriate. <laughs> I had to wing it while I was... Well, I only winged it for about a minute and a half. Thankfully, I'm a fast peer. Yes. 
you know. There you go. Our commercial break's like a minute and a half long. Now, we have lost several shows on the network, so it's made it a little bit shorter. They are trying to look for um, new shows. I, I don't know some of the things that have been bantered back and forth. I don't know what's going on. So there's potentially some new radio shows yes. that will be coming soon. Yes. To the Lucky Mojo radio network. Yeah. So I have no idea, but back to our our. Ours. Back to protection. Protection. We're not talking about condoms. No, God, no. But that's, you know. We use those too, please, people. Come on. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> so here we are with this wonderful experience, and I thought, you know, of protection, what do we talk about in some instances? Why don't we get a little specific like some of the spells? Mm. I'm going to bring the bottle spell up. Ooh, I like bottle spells. I do, too. It's kind of like I think at one point somewhere in the dim distance of my memory of our two years of shows, we did something and we talked about a witch's ball. But a witch's ball as a protection, which, yep. again, is, you know, the idea. And a bottle spell is very similar. And I'm going to let you chatter about that, about the bottle, bottle spell. spell. So the way I do a bottle spell, because there's lots of other ways to do it, there's lots of things, um, there's lots of advice on the interwebs. I actually just wrote a blog post this week about getting advice from the interwebs, so I'm about to contradict myself, which I do all the time. Um, <laughs> If you if you Google, like, which is bottle spell, you'll find a million different things. And I actually, there is a traditional way to do a bottle spell for protection for your home. Uh-huh. This is the one I like to do. And it requires, like, a mason jar. Uh-huh. This is your bottle. Um, ideally a mason jar, but you could use something else, you know. But you have to bury it in your front yard or in a potted plant in the front of your house if you don't have a yard. So keep that in mind when picking your bottle, uh-huh. that you're going to have to dig a hole big enough to hide it. <laughs> <laughs> That's that interesting. has been the folly of many a young witch. Yes. Um, and, and you know, keep that in mind as well about the soil. Like this, I have clay. My yard is clay. Uh-huh. It's very difficult to dig a hole. Uh-huh. So you have to figure these things out. Right. You know, building a flower bed just to put a bottle, a witch's bottle, has been done. Yes. Yes, yes. So uh, you get this jar and you put things in it that are pokey. You put rusted nails, you put pins and needles, you put broken glass, Uh um, you might urinate into the jar. Uh You put things that seem like, why would I use this for protection? This seems painful, right? Things... And, and nine is a traditional number, so nine rusty nails, nine pins, nine needles. Uh, you don't have to pee in it nine times, but you get the gist. And then you seal that up and you bury it, and that serves as a, a barrier. It's uh-huh. a, a, a protection to keep negative energy away from your dwelling. Uh-huh. It sort of stands as a guardian right, for your home. Right. And that's that's how I use witches bottles, but I know there are other... They use Wait. herbs and they use different, um, one of the ones, and I don't have it here on, you know, my notes that's probably stuck somewhere where I, in the notes that I don't want to have to dig at, <laughs> is that, you know, they're different herbs and you fill it up halfway with the, you know, with mm-hmm. the herbs and then you put in the liquid. Yeah. And, um, you know, some people kind of get weird, so it's ammonia, but, you know, again, mm-hmm. you're looking at, uh, it's a, it's basically... A guard, just like Phoenix said, it's a guard. And um, right, witches balls are similar, but they're more the protection side rather than the spiky side. And they usually are hung over the door or you know somewhere in the entrance area of your home. And it's a, literally a little sphere, and you put herbs and and things. You don't put urine in it, please. Um, <laughs> but more of the dry things that you would put in there as protections and and little stones. If you know it's not a glass that you could you know break, but yeah, point is is that you use that on. It's a different part of the protection process. One is more like having the the sentry out there with his his uh, pike or his sword, and the other one is more like the the person that opens the door and says, "Are you good or are you not good?" as, mm-hmm. a, as a point of reference. Mm-hmm. And the thing with at least with the witch's bottle that I described, I'm not not sure about the superstition on this for what mm-hmm. you were just describing. But you don't want anyone to see it. Mm-hmm. So if for some reason you have a landscaper or someone's going to be doing yard work or, you know, someone else is going to 
someone outside mm-hmm. of your home doesn't know it exists, or if there's someone who lives in your home that would mm-hmm. not appreciate it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you want to make sure that they don't mess with it. Well, which is balls, I think, are... I think they can be out in the open. They can be in the open, just like horseshoes. That's yeah. another one that a lot of people a lot of people put them in the, when they were building the house, and they found a lot of them in old homes when you know they were tearing them down. Is that they were actually in the wall, right? Um, but it's horseshoe with the U up mm-hmm. is distinctly the the protection. So yes, I would say that they are definitely. Yeah. I know in the the Gospel of Arabia the. There's a book that was written in 1899 about the goddess Aradia and her purpose. And she's an Italian goddess of witchcraft. And one of the spells in that book is the witch's ball with the orange and the clove. Right. And that, if you've done any reading on witchcraft, you've probably seen this charm a million times. Yeah. And it's actually been co-opted by other traditions and mm-hmm. faiths, so really who knows where it started at this point. It's, but you can see the folk magic in it. Yeah, yeah. You take this, especially for Europeans who weren't in the Mediterranean, mm-hmm. in orange. I know. That was a huge gift. And, yeah. And they, you know, we in California, we have lots of citrus trees here mm-hmm. in Northern California, and mm-hmm. they uh, give fruit in the winter. My friend Yule, who, uh, her name is Yule because she's born on winter solstice, <laughs> she brings oranges to the Yule ritual. Right. That's like her gift because her orange tree is ridiculous with fruiting. Right. So in the dead of winter when it's cold and nothing is growing, you get an orange as a gift. Like, what a freaking blessing. I think about this every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a blessing an orange would be. And then to add, and and how an orange smells. Mm Mm-hmm. And how, like, it's like a burst of sunshine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you put cloves in it, which have this, I don't know, this deep... It's a very uh, tangy, yeah, warm, of, yeah, right, yeah, and and then it hangs wherever, mm-hmm. right. It's just it's one of my favorite little rituals to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the when it, as it dries and shrivels up, you know, there's superstition depending on your tradition on what you do with that shriveled right. up orange. But right. I love that kind of. Stuff. I know, I know. It makes you. It feels witchy. Yes. We don't have to go any farther. It just well, feels witchy. You know, sometimes we do things as, as witches because, again, as we've mentioned on other shows, this isn't just folk magic for Elvira and I. This is our religion, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes religious practice is like, all right, I'm doing my religious practice. I'm trying to be a good witch or whatever. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like, oh, oh, oh I feel so witchy. And like, it's, I love those moments. I know. It was all witchy. It makes you really excited, and yeah. that a lot of it is is like, oh yeah, yeah. Look at that's me what, being all that, witchy. That's what I wanted to do when I was, you know, thinking about being this to begin with. This is the whole thing. You I'm know, dressing all black and yeah. got my hair down, and yeah. it's spooky in here. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell how we really get into this, right? Yeah, I'm a total dork, and I don't, I don't care. <laughs> but again, it, 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 we have so many things that are we can enjoy and part of when we do any of this work and protection is really important to understand is that it isn't always done as a chore right it's something that you know i may at times feel oh god i really do i have to go through saying this am i you know but then it's a part of what we we do i mean there are days when we don't want to put makeup on well fine but we might just put some under on deodorant on so we don't smell icky right um (laughs) The same thing as protection. We don't have to go a whole hog, stick all the jewelry on, do right. all the things. We could just get one thing and, and right. shield. Right. Right. So I have actually I have a hilarious story about this. So okay. um I've been practicing witchcraft since I was a teenager, right? So a lot of my um a lot of my mistakes were made in my teen years, mm-hmm. like you do in regular life anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was going to take my driving test. And I was nervous because, you know, it's a test and it's getting your license and it's like the next step towards adulthood. <laughs> yeah. And I wore every magical ring I had. I wore a very specific piece of clothing. I wore my pentagram necklace under my shirt. I, like, was witched out because I wanted to make sure I had all of the <laughs> bells and whistles it right. over the top. Right. I had a ring on every finger. It was I was ready. <laughs> And I did so good on the test, and then the very last part of the test, you have to back up for 30 feet. And at the very end of backing up, I went just up a little bit into someone's driveway. Ah. 
And then we get back to the DMV, and the driver says, you failed. Because <gasps> I, had, I had done perfect until that last moment right. where I backed up onto someone's driveway that I didn't, I didn't pass the backing up part of the right. time. I was so heartbroken. I had done all this witchcraft stuff, but, my, but I was doing a practical test. Yes, the witchcraft can help me in my feel in my empowerment, but I right. wasn't using those trappings to help me feel empowered. I was too afraid, and I was trying to mask my fear. my fear with all of these trappings. Right. It wasn't actually working. Right. So the next, I had to wait, I don't know, six weeks or four weeks or something mm-hmm. to take the test again. And I went completely opposite. I wore nothing. <laughs> I, well, I wore clothes, but I didn't wear any jewelry. I didn't wear the special shirt. Mm-hmm. I, and I had the exact same instructor, and he was like, would you like a different tester? Because, you know, I failed you last time. And I was like, well, no, I got this. And I passed. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, you know, you also have to keep in mind the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And just because you put on all the trappings and you do all the spell work, you still have to take the real world steps. Right. You know. Right. And I think we've said that a lot of times. Is yeah. You know, the the magic is one part of the process. Yeah. The the biggest part is that we are a physical human beings, and yeah. we have to take that into total account because all this other stuff, uh, you know, helps, but we take the physical step. Right. It's interesting. I had someone come in a walk-in yesterday, and they wanted to do something, okay, and they wanted to take it – was, it was a more darker thing, and so they wanted a question answered yes or no on it, and so I, I did the process, and then, um, then it was kind of like more – you need to take real-world steps. You can't just use the magic to make this yeah. thing happen. And right. she's like, oh, gee, I really want it. I said, no, we're not in Charmed. We're not in Harry Potter. And she goes, but. No, I go, sorry. Nope. Just realize it will take time. Nope. You can't do all the magic in the world to get a job and never apply for a job. It doesn't work that way. Right. Yeah. Right. So there, there's certain things about the process. And I was like, Okay, once more into the breach we go. <laughs> but um and it's not I'm not upset about it. I just find it humorous because I was there too. Right. Yeah. Oh, every yeah. every one of us oh, goes yeah. through that and whether it's in this day and age where you have all of the fancy special effects and all the different things mm-hmm. or you were just reading books and they talk about it in your own imagination filled in the special effects. Yeah. It's the idea that this is n- this is a tool but not exclusive yeah. to anything else. Yeah, and sometimes, honestly, I go to the other extreme because I am a very grounded person. It's not easy for me to be woo. I am very skeptical, mm-hmm. right? So I will often try every real-world thing and exhaust all my avenues, and then I'll talk to a witch friend about it, and they'll be like, well, did you try to do a spell? I'm like, what the why didn't I think of that sooner? Right. And I do the spell and bam, everything shifts. Right. 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 You can get too far into both extremes. Right. Right. It's finding the balance of the woo and the and the real world that is going to make it most effective. Right. And so with with protection, it's the same thing. I mean, I lock my doors. Yeah. I just don't put my wards up and I right. don't put my special stuff up and then walk out. I'm, right. I mean... It, yeah. it just we're in a we're in societies where this is not part of our world as it as it may have been. You know, you can maybe leave your doors open. You didn't have to worry about. It. You're in the middle of the country. If anyone walked that far out, okay, great. But they didn't. Right. Here you are a little more in that. And I have a lot of friends who actually don't lock their doors, and I'm fascinated that they you know people don't do anything. But I came from a family that lived in New York, and you locked. Doors. I lock. I lock things. You know. So I guess that's part of a a process in my genetic. Yeah. My my dad lives out in the boondocks, and he still locks everything. And I remember once I was like, "Why do you 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 live in the middle of nowhere? Mm-hmm. Why do you lock everything?" And he's like, "It's just ingrained in me now." Yeah. I just it's, do it. It's part and parcel of yeah. it. So um, and you know the other. So we've talked about shielding, and yep. we've talked about um, the magical talismans, because we I think we also talked about that in another show, and the amulets, and you know, what's the difference between one and the other. Amulets tend to be more written. They have more, um, they have, as far as my definition, where I found it, is, you know, they have more of the written spell work that is part of it than just 
like sigils there that would fall under amulets. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, the other part is binding. Yeah. I mean, if we haven't heard it once, we've heard it how many times about puppets and binding. Yeah. Well, and now, like, it's kind of fun. The concept of binding went mainstream because of all the witches around Donald Trump who very publicly said they were going to do a binding spell on Donald Trump, and it made mainstream news. And, you know, every once yeah. in a while, something around witchcraft makes it into the the mainstream. And it's always something stupid, like, we're going to bind Donald Trump, like... You know, we've talked about this before. What is one of the points of witchcraft? You don't talk about your spells. Spoil light. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever. I'm not going to go down that. Frequency. No, we, 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 we can really fly on that one somewhere. Yeah. But but binding. Binding. So binding, I think, um, to, again, traditionally in in the the ways that I have read all my little books on, on witchcraft, is, you know, you have puppets, you make an a, a effigy of someone, yep. and you bind that individual. You can either bind them to stop harm, yeah. people tend to bind them, you know, using binding to bind people to your situations. But um, I guess my thing is with binding is it is about taking the free will away. Sure. But... Is it appropriate, and this is where you have to use common sense, right? Uh, is it appropriate to bind someone that you think is doing magic, you're not sure, or is it appropriate to do someone who is a murderer and you're binding them? You have certain categories, right? And I would tend to say mine always is about reversing energies back to yeah. the individual, right? Well, and and I think binding is another one of those tricky types of magic where you're going to find people who have different opinions on it. Uh-huh. You know, if you've ever watched the movie The Craft. Oh, how many? Hmm. Right? One of the characters binds another character from doing harm against her or harm against herself. Uh-huh. Binding someone, taking, you know, making an effigy and actually wrapping it up uh-huh. bound and uh-huh. can't cause any harm. Uh-huh. Right? What is the what is the uh, ramifications of doing a spell like that? Uh-huh. Um, some folks believe that when you do a, a binding spell, you bind that person to you. Yes. So if you want to stop someone from being a, a piece of crap out in the world and hurting others, mm-hmm. and you bind them, now you are you are now tied to that person whether you want to be or not. Right. I don't personally believe that. Okay. Uh, but I know many witches who do. So they mm-hmm. don't do binding spells because... If you want someone to go away, you don't want to bind them to you. Right. Right? Um, Where I find binding more effective Mm -hmm. is more in a one-on-one circumstance. I don't necessarily want anyone's crap twisted up with my life. Right. But if I feel someone is doing harm specifically against me or I feel someone is doing harm against others, if I want to step in and use my witchcraft as a weapon, Mm -hmm. which is basically what we're talking about, I prefer to go like the mirror box route, right? which to me is more about reversal work, Mm -hmm. finding reversal. They're they're cousins, but they're not the same thing. Right. But with a mirror box, you know, again, you make an effigy of someone and you put them in this box of mirrors that all face inward Mm -hmm. so that anything they do goes right back to them. Right. Um, It's not, you know, so it's more of containing them than finding them. But I find that more effective because it's just, it kind of speeds up the process of, of cause and effect, you know, and then it keeps anything off of me. And the other part of it is if if I think someone's doing magic against me and I am just so damn convinced mm-hmm. and I want to do a binding spell, if I do a mirror box instead, if I end up being wrong and they weren't doing magic against me and they're a perfectly lovely person who's been sending roses and flowers and puppy dogs my way, well, now they're getting roses and flowers and puppy dogs sent back to them. Right. I'm not actually causing any harm. I'm just deflecting the harm, anything that they're already right. doing. Right. I like that, and I've used the mirror box. I've used mirrors to do that, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of that. I find that, and I usually work with, 
when I do it or when I suggest people do it is that it's for their for their it's kind of like so they become aware of what they've been doing. Sure. It's kind of like if you have something happen and you realize that this process has created this kind of situation and then it starts happening to you, the idea is self-awareness. Right. Raise the vibration instead of, you know, tend to bury it and throw it in a, in a dark hole. Yeah. Uh, it's raise it. So get their consciousness raised. And, you know, from... um. Doesn't mean you do it that everybody has to happen when you're you're doing these you know spells, right. but it's a part of the process because in the end, if somebody is quote rehabilitated unquote, right. they're going to be one who then goes out in the world and does the things in a positive way because they've had this. Thing, this epiphany, this experience, whatever it is, whether it's people in AA or people doing, you know, rehabilitation through um, incarceration or whatever. I mean, whatever it is that happens, right? All right, it's that point of reference, and I look at that as the case because what you're dealing with is unaware souls, even if they are humans with consciousness that are aware they want to do this icky thing to this person or to me or whatever. They're basically unaware. Yeah. And um, it's also like a keto, deflecting the energy. Right. And that's really, it's kind of like, you know, walking. It's, it's the version of the computer graphics I see is the guy walking through or the woman walking through this whole thing. And people are, it's just deflected off of them. Nothing hits them. You know, it kind of bounces right. off. Right. And to me, that's the way I look at my protection. Because yeah. Really. Yeah. That's what I want. I'm not trying to engage no. in conflict. No, no. And and honestly, I feel like a lot of this, you know, throwing curses at each other, because it happens. It definitely happens. Witch wars happen. Oh, yeah. And it's, to be totally shitty for a minute, it's juvenile and stupid. Mm-hmm. You don't have better things to do with your energy than play witch games and witch wars with other people. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It throws some of that venom at the, the structures of power that are keeping people oppressed. Throw some of that at rapists and molesters and pedophiles mm-hmm. and people who are committing violent crimes. Like Use your freaking powers for something positive instead of tearing down another witch practitioner or of any kind yes because see that to me is is like you get mired in your own self-righteous yeah it's stupid and it's it's a power play like it look is. how much bigger my witch powers are than yours who cares right if you're that good please put right. it to good use out in the world exactly help the people that are you know if you're you know a woman help the people that have been um the other women who have been denigrated and yep. and abused and are being you know enslaved and whatever, yep. rather than spending your time complaining and and going whole hog. Yep. Thank goodness we have obviously Facebook and Instagram and all the rest of the things that people can do that with. They can put their energy in a much better place. Yep. It just shows that we tend to go to our lowest energy point, mm-hmm. and that's. The um, that is our our dark stone that we carry, mm-hmm. and if we can let go of the dark stone and we can lift yeah. whatever way you want to describe it in whatever religion or belief systems, that's the point. Right. I mean, I'm learning all this to help people. Right. In the meantime, yeah, there are people that aren't good. There's some people that are bad, and and hopefully, I you know have in some way touched people in manners that will bring their energies, raise their conscious, raise their energies. And if I don't, then I've I've started a process going. But, you know, that's why I'm in it, not, in, you know, of course I'm in it to have a financial income. Mm-hmm. But um, just can't can't get into the other stuff. Just didn't. Yeah. And that's why, no. you know, when you, you, you talk about it, we, you know, how do you summon a spirit and keep them attached to you so they can do your bidding? And I'm like, that's slavery. Right. I mean, I understand you ask for help. Yeah. There's a but when you ask for help, you're working in conjunction and yeah. relationship and partnership with another spirit. You're not binding it and controlling it and forcing it to do right. bidding. That's, you know, just... A spirit, whatever that might mean, and that's a whole other conversation, yeah. 
is another entity. Why do you, as a human, think you're so much better than that other entity? Right. You know, it's yeah. Yeah, and and that yeah. comes and that is that is a sidebar of protection because yeah. the three types of doing protection is working in conjunction with a totem animal, and that is a spirit energy. Yeah. And I say in conjunction, co-creative process, working with your own physical pets in a co-creative process, not sitting there tying them up and beating them up so they're mean and shitty and then they right. bite anything that walks by. Right. All right? And then there's the magical, spiritual aspects where you, you do magical servants. Mm-hmm. And I I listen, I read, I sit in there, I go, I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, I, you know, I've talked about this before. I have... I'm a polytheist. There are five gods that I work with on a daily basis that I have shrines to, that I give offerings to, that are my beloveds. And there are, uh, one of my deities, specifically, is an excellent protector. Mm-hmm. And when I know that I'm going into a situation where I'm scared or nervous or I need to know that I have, someone has my back, I call on one of my guides, one of my deities, and I'm like, hey, I need this. I'm, I need your help. I need you to show up. I need to feel your hand on my back mm-hmm. while I'm in this situation. Mm-hmm. And even if I'm in the middle of the situation, this is one of the things when you have a really solid relationship with a deity, it can be like a human protector coming and putting their hand on your back. Mm-hmm. You, it can help to mm-hmm. calm you down and ground you a little bit more. But I have relationship with that spirit, with that entity, with right. that God, with that deity, however you want to phrase it. And I and and that spirit knows that I'm not just trying to suck their energy, that I'm gonna give them something in return right. that we have a relationship right. that we're working together. Right. You know, so it's it's different. I don't like the exploitation of anything. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Even gods and entities and animal spirits. Right. Because it's it's unnecessary. Unnecessary because then we're doing the same thing that we fight against in the real world. Right. And, you know, being a hypocrite is probably the best thing I can say that humans have got down pat. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know? Yeah, and um, even in saying that, I'm aware, like, I eat meat. I, you know, so there is a part of me that exploits animals. But even if I didn't eat animals, I'd be exploiting plants by eating, you know. Right. So we can't escape it. It's just what level of respect we give. To right. It. And, you know, being able to say thank you for yeah. whatever this is on my plate and thank you for the day that I have. And, you know, may it be best, may it be good, may it be safe. Um, these are all part of, and it's all part of protection because when yeah. you start doing these things regularly, you're creating shields upon shields upon shields. They're not necessarily ones that you can go, oh, I know I've got my shield of uh, armor on. Yeah. Hey. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. But it is a creation of that process. Right. And, uh, you know, when you actually are psychically attacked, mm-hmm. why don't we just, you know, I don't know what our time is, we but I know. a minute. Okay. Because I think in light of anything that's out there that we need to see, People need to realize that occasionally, yes, there is that. We don't even need to have a particular person. It could just be an overwhelming fear that is coming and attacking from the other energies out there that Mm -hmm. have manifested. So um, what are your thoughts on that in terms of psychic attack? Do you you have any things about... What I mean, because I know I've read a few books and they talk about just a few mm-hmm. um, about the versions. Like you know, if you do get this and this and this, these are your guidelines. Mm. We'll say more about that. Oh, all right. Well, let's. I'm see. curious. You're curious, huh? All right. Well, obviously, one of the things that they talk about is when you start getting a lot of specific nightmares. Ah, okay. Okay. You're, because it's on the astral plane. Yeah. It's from that level. And the point here is, is is it, again, this goes back to what we were saying at the beginning, is is it someone that's just angry at you and sending energy and that is when it hits you? Yeah. Or are they specifically sending something that, you know, or someone is specifically sending you a demon? And this will be in the in the terms of an energy that is distinct from your own. And this is not Jungian psychology, so he, you know, philosophy that you are all things in your dreams. Um, But I think what you need to realize is that is one level. Then it becomes, because your, your psyche in that time frame is the deep 
part of yourself is open at the deepest part of when you are asleep. So yeah. that is what they're they're trying. So when we say protect yourself for, you know, dream catchers and different things at night, that's one of the reasons why, mm-hmm. you know, for your own things. But if it goes beyond that defense and you go down, then you have to be aware that it's going to show up as um, voices and psyches, hallucinations, and things that are going to start to manifest from the dream time into physical world. Yeah. Then there's the part of runs of bad luck consistently right. at a certain time, like dark moon, full moon, yeah. you know, that kind of a thing. You, you watch a pattern. Yeah. Just don't freak out and go, oh, my God, oh, my God, somebody's doing this because it's all of a sudden bad. There's a pattern. There's a, there's a rhythm to it. Yeah. Um, same thing with illnesses, mm-hmm. types of illnesses. Yeah, and I think when we get to this part of psychic attack, again, this is a rare thing. Very, very rare. I think it's unlikely... Um, you know, pay attention to the patterns because you might be experiencing a myriad of other things. Mm-hmm. I think when you get to that point, it's important to talk to a medical professional to make sure you're not having some sort of psychotic break or mental issue or, you know, imbalance that could be easily dealt with mm-hmm. because something in your physical body is not working the way it's supposed to, right, rather than some sort of psychic entity being sent after you, right? Right. But if it does get to that point and you feel pretty solid about it, that's when you need to reach out for help. If if that is something that you've never dealt with before, you've never experienced before, and you're having all these patterns of symptoms and issues, then go to someone who is experienced, you know, get a reading, find out what's going on from that perspective, and then work with someone that can clear that entity from your system mm-hmm. and set up a protection. protections to keep it from coming back. Right. And, again, we, we kind of want to say vet your practitioner. Yes. I mean, obviously, we both belong to AIR, uh, yeah. readersandrootworkers.org, and we both, you know, have other organizations we belong to. So they're, you know, in terms of, people that are within that organization that specialize in that. Yeah. You know, and and I do believe this is something that is best done face to face. Mm -hmm. If you know, someone offers to do this work for you over the phone or astrally, I'm I'm less inclined to it can be done. Mm -hmm. But I find it's most effective face to face where someone can actually work within your energy field Mm -hmm. physically. Um, you know, I there are, there's a, a couple of local people that I often send folks to that are dealing with this. This is not my forte personally. Neither mine. I don't like dealing in that realm. I, uh-huh. If I don't have to, I won't. Uh-huh. Um, but I do have a few local people that I send local people to. Uh-huh. Um, but it's it, that's when it gets tricky. And it, and if you have a coven or if you work with people. Those are the best people to help, right? Right, to work together, people who know you, people who mm-hmm. could recognize this isn't you. There's something else going mm-hmm. on here. Let mm-hmm. let's do something about mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are lots of options, but definitely go find someone who's got professional experience. Right, and I I I concur with Phoenix is that being physically in their presence, mm-hmm. because um, and you know when we've had experiences. And things have taken parts of our, we, we've left parts of ourselves places. Right. We have holes. We, right. have, we have space that is not filled with yeah. us yeah. because it's not there. Right. Not somebody took it away. It just left in right. terms of whatever was going on. And that, in you know, whether it's in traditional shamanic practice mm-hmm. or it's within soul retrieval work, right. I really, I mean, I know because, Personally, I've had experience with some of this on my own, mm-hmm. and also a lot of my clients. I have people that I will either locally send to, or I find the organization that uh, is certified people, and I feel are as valid. Yes. And it works. I had one client who had a bunch of things going on with her romance, and I said, "You really, really need." After a long period of time, I said, "You need to go and get this done. You've gone through all these things, and it's still happening." And she did, and. Uh, I didn't hear from her for a little bit, and then she called me, and she said, I want to thank you because it was it was that. Yeah. So it isn't – we have ways to get help, yeah. but it's because we have pieces that are empty, mm-hmm. and we have no space that then these things can come through. Okay. So in truth, please find qualified 
personal, in-person people, but go through the medical. Go through the physical yeah. first. That is really the most important thing before you start yeah. running around. It is more likely that you're having a chemical imbalance yeah. than you have a right. right? So be even – I know it's hard to be logical when you're in a state of, of fear or fear or yeah. depression or whatever, but – but that is a more likely ex- – it's always the simplest explanation. I know. Isn't you know? it the truth for all of us? Anyway, we're at time. And we're at time, so – over time, actually, but that's okay. All right. Well, we're lovely. We I don't have any idea what our next show is about because, like we said at the beginning, this is a pre-record, and I didn't bring my calendar, so I am I am basically completely lost. But what we will do is we will continue to keep people updated, and I'm sure that the ones that are closest to the show, we will yeah. say – this is what's happening. Cause yeah. I think we just are doing a couple of pre-reports. Right. We have a few shows while we're off gallivanting the world. Yes. And then we'll be back. I love gallivanting. We'll be doing an Ask a Witch segment in the summer, right? Yes, we so, will. So if you have a question for us, if there's a topic you'd like for us to banter about or address. We actually did a whole show based on someone's suggestion. Yeah, yeah. So definitely write in. Go to the website, witchpriestesscauldron.com and and write your question or suggestion. That will be coming up. Yes, it will. So um, have a wonderful week. Yay. And take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be. presents Get Pumped, inspiration to help you do insurance stuff. Okay, time out. You're going to let your budget be the boss of you? Take control with Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay for car insurance, and we'll help you find options that fit your budget. Here's some music to get you pumped. I hear your budget laughing at you. Oh, wait, that's just those kids laughing at me. Ignore them! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Head over to your local Sprint store and get the Samsung Galaxy S9 for 50% off with Sprint Flex Lease when you add a new line. It's loaded with great features, including Samsung's best camera ever. Visit Sprint.com slash Galaxy or call 1-800-SPRINT-1 today. Galaxy S9, $16.50 a month after $16.50 monthly credit. Applied within two bills for 18 months. If you cancel early, remaining balance due with approved credit and $30 activation fee. Restrictions apply.